Hey family, listen, if you're like me, life gets crazy and hectic, and sometimes our body needs a little extra love. For years, I've been using something that has been a game changer for me, as well as recommending it to my clients. I'd like to introduce you to Vital Body. It is packed with 37 fruits and vegetables, 19 herbs and spices, prebiotics, 15 strands of probiotics, 21 different enzymes, and I'm telling you what, you get 100% of your daily dose of 21 vitamins and minerals straight from nature. This product contains no GMOs and it is vegan friendly. And here's the best thing, there are no artificial flavors. <laughs> so if you're ready to kick off your vitality journey and you wanna feel better daily, and if you're like me, you want a little extra sleep, throughout the night, head on over to vitalbody.com backslash Monica. And because you are a member of the Black Women Amplified family, they are graciously giving us an extra 20% off of our order. Just use the code Monica20. Get prepared. I can't wait for you to try it. Head on over to vitalbody.com backslash Monica and start your vitality journey today. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things Black Girl Magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am excited to be with you today. I hope you get a chance to listen to episode two, our conversation with Ivy Parks. She is an incredible woman. I was blessed to meet her last year in Atlanta when I went to visit a friend we all went to dinner, had a ball. If you listened to the interview, you got to hear the whole story. Not the whole story, part of the story, but I met her on her job. <laughs> her job just happened to be the color purple. And we definitely, you know how you meet some people and you're like, we're lifers. So she and I are lifers. It's hard to meet friends when you're grown, but I met a new friend last year and it was great to reconnect with her. And like I told her, she's a lifer. Anyway, I hope you got a chance to listen to it. Before we get into this conversation, this is a little bit of a serious conversation. As you've heard or you might not have heard, I put out a self-love journal. It is something that I've been working on for a couple of years, and I finally put it onto the Amazon platform, and now I'm about to put it with a distributorship so that I can send it to bookstores and other places like that. But I felt it was important that if I'm talking about self-love and putting out a journal about it, that I need to tell my own story of my journey to self-love. It's I'm not going to give all the details, but I will give you glimpses of the journey because <laughs> it was years. <laughs> it was years before I could look in the mirror and say, you know what? You're okay. Before we get into that, please like, share, rate, follow, subscribe, all the things to the Black Women Amplified podcast. 
Share this with your tribe. Share this with your peeps. Share this with your family. This is season three. If you have not checked out, if you're new here and you haven't checked out season two, please go back and listen to the incredible interviews with some dynamic women that you may have never heard of before. I don't have Beyonce yet. I don't have Janet Jackson yet. I say yet because you never know what God is going to bestow on us. But incredible women who live dynamic lives and share inspiring stories. Many of them I'm in awe of (laughs) because they show me the yellow brick road of their life. And we all follow a yellow brick road and we never know who we're going to meet, what we're going to do. We just move forward trying to find what we love each step of the way. So check out season two and I hope you checked out last episode with the dynamic Miss Ivy Parks. So I have been, (laughs) truth moment, I recorded another episode about this, but I could tell I was so nervous in telling the story. So I'm going to save that for another time because it was just all over the place. (laughs) It was just all over the place. So I'm going to save it for another time. I might, thinking about starting a Patreon page so I can get behind a paywall so I can talk about things more openly than on such a public platform. So I might save it for that. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Today's episode is called Unraveling Monica. Dun, dun, dun. Unraveling Monica. Most people are like, have you ever been raveled? (laughs) Or I have people that tell me, you're so calm all the time. Like, do you ever get mad or do you ever get angry at people? Do you ever cuss people out? Yes, yes, and yes. Often, often, often. But not like I used to. I was, I can't remember who I was interviewing, but we were talking about, I used to have a pop-off button. Like I was always on 9.2. So it didn't take much time for me to go to a 10 or a 12. And I have such a slick mouth that I don't have to physically hit you. My words will slice somebody. And I had to learn why I was doing that. You know, and once I learned why and I healed that part of myself, like, I just don't care. Like, do you? I will be clear about where my boundary is and what my standards are. And if you cross it, I'm just like, I'll just go the other way. It's not that serious to me anymore. It really is not. And what I came to understand, it was because of the trauma that I have experienced in life that always took me to that place. And it, the thing about trauma is... I describe trauma as like a program, right? So it's this program that comes in your body and it just hangs out there and it's just waiting for something to ignite it. And so often black women are considered angry, we're considered abrasive, we're considered aggressive, but what we are is survivors and we deal with lots of trauma, a lots of unresolved trauma, not only in our current lives, but generational trauma that is inside of our cells. Look up epigenetics. It talks all about it. But if you read the book Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome by Dr. Joy, I always get her last name wrong, but it's Dr. Joy. And she talks about how slavery, how the trauma passes from the mother to the child through the umbilical cord. So we are literally physiologically passing trauma along. And here's the thing about trauma. Trauma changes our body. It changes the chemistry of our body. It changes how we see the world. And that's what people don't understand. People throw trauma around so cavalierly, but it is a serious, serious issue. 
And when you live in a society that doesn't value you, does not acknowledge you, does not recognize your power and your strength, and consistently tries to oppress you, you are constantly being triggered from not only a perspective of your own trauma, but the trauma that came with you through the through your birth. So I'm going to have a therapist come on and talk about this a little more in depth. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just sharing my experiences of what I've learned in my healing process and my self-love journey. So let me start with this story. When I was learning meditation, there was a time in my life where I was always complaining about everything, like this is wrong, that is wrong, da, da 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 And I was blaming the whole world for everything that was happening to me. I didn't have any self-responsibility, but the only thing, other thing I didn't have was self-worth, and I didn't have any confidence in myself at all. And as I grew to understand trauma, I knew that all of that came from growing up in an abusive household, where my views and points of views of life were formed through violence. And because of that, I didn't find myself to be worthy of love, attention, attractive, all of those things. Although other people saw that in me, I did not see it in myself. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't see what everybody said. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so smart. Oh, you're so this. Oh, you're so that. I would be like, thank you. But in my head, I'm like, who are they talking about? Is there like a poltergeist behind me? Because I have no idea who they're talking about. They couldn't possibly be talking about me because who would think I was pretty? I have this chocolate brown skin. I have this muddy red hair. I'm a big girl. I don't look like Naomi Campbell. I don't have college degrees from this university. I don't have experiences from, you know, I'm not around this group of people. I hang around artists and eclectics and conscious people, the weird kids, the nerds, the geeks, like those are my people, the artists. You know, I don't hang around the regular people of society who are fine and refined and elite. I knew them, but didn't hang around them. Wasn't welcome. Still not welcome, but that's, I don't care. Now I don't care. (laughs) Like I could care less now because I know how y'all really are. Become a hairstylist and you hear the real stories. But anyway, I digress. But there was a time when I was talking to a friend And I told her, I said, you know what? I am really sick of myself. This is around 31, 32. So this was the idea that something needed to change happened about 20 years ago. So I say that to say a self-discovery journey, a self-love journey is not something that it's not like a pill that you take and, oh, you're all better. Like It just doesn't happen that way. It's not a class that you take or a book that you read. It's a constant process of being in the conversation of, Not that there's something wrong with you, but the conversation of remembering who you really are, the power that you really are, the person that you were born into. Because the Bible says we were divinely fashioned in our mother's wombs before we were born. So an entity, I call it God, was like, here you go. You're going to come into the earth. And if you even think about our bodies, how they function on the inside, if you look at our anatomy, Like we are magnificent beings just on the strength of just breathing is a divine process. So if we have the ability to breathe, if we have the ability to move, to write cursive, to think, to process, we are already magnificent. But then the world comes in and says, "Eh," you know, and constant picking at us 
And then we have stuff that we deal with at home that nobody talks about, what happens behind the closed doors, right? The abuses, the all the things. And we go through life in survival mode. And it's not just about getting to the next day. Sometimes it's getting to the next minute, pushing through to the next minute. We're always birthing the next moment, getting to the next thing and with the idea of hope, but sometimes we just don't feel hopeful. So there was a time when I was in that place where I just did not feel hopeful. I was doing a lot of things that I love, and I always say duality is a real thing. I was doing all the things that I love, but when I got home and I got behind it, locked the door and closed the door, I would go to sleep crying every night. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel worthy. All of those things. So the point being is, at that time, I was like, I'm just really tired of myself. So a friend of mine who I trusted said, hey, listen, cancel your book for this weekend. I was like, you want me to cancel some money? No. She said, cancel your book for the weekend. I'm going to have somebody call you and they're going to set something up. Just trust me. And so I said, okay. So she enrolled me in this program of experiential learning. And it was a program where we spent the weekend going through questions and exercises and journaling and all the things. And at the end of it, I finally had a glimpse of myself. So I went straight through the program. And then I even went through the coaching program until the instructor decided they needed a break. (laughs) So I never went back. I didn't get a refund. I should have. It was a nice chunk of change. I should have got my money back. What it did was it helped me open up new possibilities within myself. I wasn't fixed because there was really nothing wrong with me, but it helped me clear the clutter of my mind so that I could see myself in a new way. And I remember my best friend came at the end of each one, they called it graduation. And she brought my godson, who was a baby at the time. And she handed him to me and he literally just melted into me and put his little head. He was, I can't, it might've been three then, two or three. And he just put his little head inside of my neck. And it was just the most peaceful, beautiful moment And I knew that something in me had changed and shifted. So I went on after I left that experience. I felt really great. And then I really started getting into meditation. And blessed be, there's a woman here in my town who is a meditation teacher, transcendental meditation. So you hear a lot like Jim Carrey does transcendental meditation, Jerry Seinfeld, like all these people do it. That's not why I did it. I didn't, you know, even know what they did it at the time. So I started studying with her transcendental meditation. And during the, I would go every Sunday, sometimes during the week, and we would do meditations and there would be a question answer session. And I, it was great for me. And I mean, you talk about, feel, there's nothing like meditation for me that makes you feel more connected to the divine, feel more connected to yourself, and you just see the world differently. And it kind of plucks out all those negative programs in your body. But that's a whole nother conversation. I was hoping to get her on the podcast, but she's quite a bit older now. So I've been looking for somebody to come and talk about meditation. Maybe somebody, you know, the grace of God, it'll show up in my email. (laughs) So I was doing meditation and one day she asked me to stay after our session. So it was a group of us. It was like a group setting and it was at her temple. Ever feel overwhelmed prioritizing everyone but yourself? 
What if you could build confidence, set boundaries, and say yes to you? Discover the superpower of self-love with the Self-Love Amplified Masterclass. It's not just about self-discovery. It's about your inner strength. Ready to say yes? Visit www.blackwomenamplified.com backslash masterclass. You don't want to miss out. Write it down. www.blackwomenamplified backslash masterclass. So anyway, so she studied. Her backstory is, this is why I said I was so blessed to work with her for over 10 years. She is one of the original teachers of the Maharishi who brought Transcendental Meditation to the world. So she's from Guadalupe, and she ended up in India studying with him. And when it was time for, when he was ready to open up schools around the world, he sent this little Black woman <laughs> around the world to, to teach people about Transcendental Meditation. I don't remember how she ended up in St. Louis, but amazing, amazing woman. And so during this particular session, she asked me to stay after class. I stayed after class and she said, you're not talking. So what do you mean I'm not talking? And I, let me clarify this. I went to traditional chit therapy, to traditional talk therapy. It did not work for me. And people like, you should have tried a different therapist. I said in my head, and this was years ago, I said, I don't think they get black women. And the woman even said to me, she said, you know, you black women, you just, she's a white lady from Scotland. And she said, you black women, you all just get it quicker than white women do. Like you all don't, you just, as soon as it hits, you get it. And she's like, you're great. You're fine. And I'm thinking, okay, you don't know what you're talking about. Cause I am not fine. <laughs> so I was like, maybe this isn't for me. So I went into prayer and that's when my friend was like, do you trust me? Sure. So I went through this program, blah, blah, blah. This was 18 months of my life. So anyway, back to my meditation teacher. She says, stay after class. I said, okay. She said, you're not talking. I said, um, just here. I'm observing. She said, but you're not participating. I was like, don't know what you want me to. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that. So she said, do you mind if I take you through an exercise? And this is the exercise she, she took me through. So put this don't do it yourself. This is, I'm just sharing you. I'm not even gonna share with you her process. That's her, her that's her process. And I work, when I work with the clients, I do the process, but she had me lay down on the floor and she asked me questions. And then after each question, she asked me, well, when was the first time, when was the time before you felt like that? So she asked a series of questions and got, and we got to the core of the problem and the core of the problem, when she hit it, like I literally started bursting out crying. All she did was ask a question. And it went all the way back to when I was a kid. I was probably about five or six years old, you know, that zero to seven thing, that everything is formed then. And there was, I'll just say this, there was a kid in the neighborhood. It wasn't good. And from that point, I stopped talking. You know how Maya Angelou talks about in her book, how she became mute? Yeah. So I remember distinctly I stopped talking because one day, and this is when I started, this is also when I started writing because my mom noticed I wasn't talking. I became very withdrawn. And you know, back then they didn't have therapy when I was a kid in Gen X land. And they certainly wouldn't give black children therapy. <laughs> they barely want to do it now. So I wouldn't talk. So I remember her distinctly sitting me on the couch and she handed me a notebook and a pen. 
She said, if you can't talk about it, I need you to write it because I need you to get it out of your body. I don't know how she was that insightful at that time, but that's when I started writing. And I've been writing ever since. I literally have notebooks everywhere. (laughs) I remember my my goddaughter came over one day. She was like, auntie, you're going to have to stop buying journals because I'm addicted to journals and pens. Oh my God. A good pen and a great piece of paper. That's like my Gucci bag. People are like, why don't you have Gucci? I'm like, look, I have good pens and paper. <laughs> so she said, she told me to stop buying them. So anyway, fast forward. So when my meditation teacher, Yoganandi, took me through that exercise, I burst out crying. She let me cry. And then we went through a meditation exercise. And it cleared and opened me up in a way that I don't remember ever feeling the way that I felt in that moment. But it felt like something reached inside of my body and pulled out just a big slug of something. Like just like when you go in the drain and, and it's just hair and everything else. It's like all of that was pulled out of my body. And I felt lighter. My skin looked lighter. And after that, it was just clearly it worked because now I have no problem talking to anybody. <laughs> So once she did that and I was able to start communicating what things had happened to me and I learned how to communicate my feelings and my emotions, it really solidified that for Black, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, for Black women, we have got to use alternative therapies that are out there to heal ourselves, things that are more indigenous to our culture. And I say that because... Like I talked about in episode one of season three, they don't study us. You know, they don't look at our lives and really understand what has happened to us. They don't study the impact of racism on us. They don't study the impact of trauma on us. Everything in the medical community, and this is my opinion, is based off of white men. Even though they studied us during slavery, they didn't study us. They did experiments on us to create medicine for white people. Nobody has ever really studied the impact of what, until recently, until recently, maybe the past six or seven years, start looking at the impact that environment and our traumas and racism and generational traumas impact us. So I say all that to say, Walking in this self-love journey, learning how to communicate again, opening my heart to love again and seeing myself in a new way just really changed my life. But it took me trusting other people, other Black women to say, hey, I see something going on and let me show you what worked for me. So it's not about, it wasn't, and at that, after that time, after she did that exercise with me and I came back and did more meditations with her that were, I mean, she does not just transcendental meditation. She has all types of techniques that she uses. I mean, this is her life. This is her. I stopped buying self-help books because most of them were written by white men. I stopped watching all the videos because what I recognize is it's like your blood type. You need something that fits you. You need methods that fit you. And it takes time to find that, but you have to do the research. And typically you want to find people that look like you, that have the credentials and have been doing the work. 
Iyanla Van Zandt was my very first introduction into this woo-woo world. (laughs) But one of my greatest introductions was when I was going through the coaching program that I talked about earlier. There was a woman who came from San Francisco, another Black woman, named Betty Spruill. She had a training called The Feminine Face of God that she did with her best friend, another Black woman named Dr. Caroline Eziz Fuqua. She is an Egyptian mysticist, and she teaches Egyptian mysticism. I don't know why I can't get my words together. And then the two of them put this program together called The Feminine Face of God. And I was like, what is that? It's about the the feminine aspect of God. Nobody talks about that. We always refer to God as a he. But if you do some research, or if you're into Egyptology or any of the Hindu They have women goddesses. Now, it's only in America that everything is male-centered. So once I discovered that, I went started going to those retreats. Magical. There is nothing about healing for me in a circle of women. I don't go to them anymore. Even people are like, when are you going to start going back to those (laughs) retreats? But it was magical to learn about the divine feminine. And I talk about that if you go to season two, Dr. Monica Ogando. We had a deep discussion about the divine feminine, femininity, and feminism. And I even have a woman coming on and we're going to talk about feminism with black women. But once I learned about the divine feminine and I understood my energy and my place on this planet, life shifted and expanded And I saw myself in a whole new way from a whole new perspective. I saw people from a whole new way, a whole new perspective. And I was able to heal in a way that I didn't think that I could. And once I had been doing it a couple years, and that's when like my best friend was like, you've changed. You are nothing like you used to be. Here's the thing. I didn't say this to her, but it wasn't that I changed. I just remembered who I was. And I'm going to say this last thing before I get out of here. I don't believe in finding your purpose. I don't think it's anything that we have to find. I think it's something that we have to remember. And you don't find it scrolling through Instagram. You don't find it on the YouTube. You find it by recognizing who you are, how you do what you do. You know how you look at pictures of your kids? They're grown now. And you look at pictures of your kids and you're like, well, that's the same. He's the same now that he was then because that is what he was born to do. Be himself. So we're always equating purpose with what we do. Purpose is who we are. When we came out of our mother's womb, the Bible says we were divinely fashioned in our mother's womb and he knew us before we were born. Our purpose came with us. And the key is to remember who you are. There was a scene, it was in Black Panther and it was in uh, Lovecraft Country when T'Challa's mother was screaming, show them who you are. And then in episode seven of Lovecraft Country, when if you watch that, I love, I love Lovecraft Country. I hate that it was canceled. But there was a scene where Hippolyta went into the multi-universe and she came across this entity, this black woman with this huge afro. And she says, who do you say you are? And she named who she said, I am this. And then she would appear there. And that's the power that we have when we remember who we are. We could appear in many different places and have many different experiences. And once I, once, Lord, where did I get that word from? I've been watching, listen, listen, I've been watching the Gilded, sidebar, sidebar, the Gilded Age. You know, I love British stuff. 
So <laughs> I don't know why I just broke out in old English. <laughs> anyway, Downton Abbey, The Gilded Age, Bridgerton, that's, that's like my jam. Anyway, back to the story. So the idea of purpose is, and I really believe that it comes from that book, Purpose Driven Life. Everybody read that book, then all of a sudden, since that moment, we have been looking for our purpose. The purpose is not outside of us. The purpose is within us. So if you want to find your purpose, you have to go within. How do you go within? Journaling, meditation, spiritual practices. Just like you go to the gym and work out your body, you have to go and work out your mind. You have to work out your heart. Read books. If you want to learn about your heart, there's a company called HeartMath. Amazing information about the power of the heart. There's different types of meditations. Learn about frequencies. I talked about in an interview with Erica Hubbard, the actress. She talked a lot about it in her interview. She didn't want to, but we had that conversation. (laughs) But it's important that we look at other modalities of healing besides traditional healing. When you're a person of color, when you're a marginalized person, and when you're dealing with factors that are not of your control specifically. And I'll talk about why I say specifically in another podcast. But because I don't want this to go too long, I don't want to keep you too long. I just want you to understand that when you go on your healing journey, your self-care journey, understand it's not just about feeling good. Make it about changing your life. And not to be somebody else, but to remember who you are. That's the change. The change is not to have a body like this person, not to have a lifestyle like this person. It's about creating a life that you desire and taking the time to get to know yourself, which is why I wrote the self-love journal. That's why I put the questions in that I put together. That's why it's available on Amazon so it's accessible to everybody. That's why I have it on digital download if people want it today. Because sometimes we have to sit down and ask ourselves questions. We can go to therapy if that works for you. Listen, I'm not downing therapy. It did not work for me. Now, maybe I needed to go through this psychoanalysis piece. But what worked for me was healing and community with black and brown women. That's what worked for me. And that's what continues to work. So I say all that to say that in order for me to heal the multiple traumas that I've gone through in my life, devastating time periods that lasted sometimes for years, it was understanding that I have a voice. I had to find my voice and not the voices that were in my head that other people put, not voices of society, not voices of my parents, not voices of my family, not voices of my peers, not voices of my friends, not voices of my coworkers, not voices of racism, not voices of sexism, not voices of feminism. I had to find Monica's voice. And when I found her, I found the greatest person I could communicate with, which is myself. And when I say self, there's the self with a small s and there's the self with the big s. Some of us call it the kingdom of heaven within. Some of us call it our inner voice. Some of us call it our intuition. I have a name for her, but I'm not going to (laughs) share. And it's definitely a her. Anyway, 
Thank you all for listening. I hope that you got some insight on who I am, my journey, and why I'm so passionate about this season, the season of self-care, the season of you, giving you all tools and modalities. I have somebody coming on talking about pleasure. I have a plant-based chef who's phenomenal, who's coming to talk about food and how it impacts our body. It's not about a diet. It's not about convincing you to become plant-based or vegan. It's about the impact of food on our body. Phenomenal woman. Again, talking to somebody about feminism, modern feminism. I posed the question, is it time for Black women to break up with feminism? I got my reasons. We have a great conversation. And then I'll come back with you with some more of my insights and some more of my tools and things that I've learned in my life to help me look in the mirror and see my beauty and not my flaws. Have an amazing day and I will talk to you soon. Don't forget to go to your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to go to Black Women Amplified if you want some Black Women Amplified gear, some t-shirts, some hats. Um, That's a great way to support the podcast. And you can go to the Amazon and purchase the Self-Love Renaissance Journal and start your own self-discovery journey. Talk to you soon. Love and light. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.